0: Time
1: to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> All right. Friday the 13th, boys. Behind the badge. Uh, the professor's out today. With me, I got Sergeant Aaron. Crazy loud there. And... My old partner John DiDonato, Donato back for another another round. What's going on, man? What's up, Sarge? What's
2: going on? What's going on?
1: So let's check it out. We're um Friday the thirteenth, we're up to four hundred and thirty murders in the city of Philadelphia. Hmm. Did we hit five hundred? I think so. As you wouldn't know. I mean you're you're still thick into the um, you know, into it. If you look yeah. at the stats from last
3: year, at this rate we're going, we'll probably break it. If you look at this time last year.
1: This time last year, we were, oh, my God, 356. Now, it's, there's 100 different reasons why this is going on. No one will, you know, none of our leaders, especially in this crazy election year that we just had, are going to go on, you know, record, go in front of the camera and really say what the problem is. They don't want to piss people off, whatever. I I, I don't know what the problem. Hmm. I don't, I don't understand why why they're doing this, why they're acting this way, just letting the city basically burn down.
3: Could it have to do with any of the gun sales that have gone up? Well, no. This, I, this past year.
1: No, I think that was more or less uh, when they got to, when everybody saw what was happening in Portland, and how the cops were just like, oh well, go ahead. I mean, they took over a fucking police station. Okay. I think that's when people are like. Whoa, let me yeah, let me go uh, protect myself just in case.
2: That's because you had those uh, the, the city officials who tell police just stand by and don't do anything. And so those guys and girls are basically to- told to just do nothing and let the people protest, if that's what they call it. But, I mean, I don't think, you know, burning down stores or tearing up your community or, you know, kicking in people's doors for their homes. That's not protesting, you know, but... They were just told to just stand by.
1: It, it's it's just it's absolutely insane in Philly right now. I mm-hmm. um I've never seen it like this before. Not when we were on a job. Now when we were um, active in the war there was an operation. It was called Operation Pressure Point. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And that was something where it was. It was designed from like spring till the end of fall mm-hmm. every weekend Friday Saturday you know mm-hmm. it was um, it was strategic they went to certain areas of the city certain times with everybody warrant unit feds were involved whatever police district we, we would go to everybody was involved and it was successful um let me see that was in 2000. I think it was
0: 2009.
1: Hmm. Uh, mm. we, we, we did it for a couple yeah. years in a row. But looking at the stats... year we did it, it might have been 08. 08, 09. And I remember just looking at the stats then, this time that year, there was like 296 murders, 264 the year after at this time. So it worked. And what happened was the cops in that area, they knew all the dealers, knew all the players, were aggressive went and busted corners, we would go in, we would hit the houses with warrants in that district. Right. We were aggressive, we didn't just go knock on the door, hi, is you know Joe Jackass here tonight? No, he don't live here, even though it's you at the door, mm-hmm. and turn and walk away. No, we went in, searched, investigated everybody, and we would do it every week. Word gets around, uh-oh, they're all out tonight, mm-hmm. they all shut shop. I mean, uh, we were proactive on the street too. There's just inside the houses. And they're just not doing anything right now.
2: Well, it doesn't really pay to be proactive. It's just better to be reactive. Get there after the fact. Yeah, because because if if you're proactive, then, you know, you're going to be accused of doing something wrong no matter what you do. You can your you, your intentions can be 100% pure. You can do your job 100% by the book and you are still going to be disciplined for something. They're going to find something, and so now you have these, you know, these guys and girls, these officers who just aren't really willing to go ahead and do the job. No, and,
1: and I know a lot, and I know a lot of people that want to come in here and want to say their story, but they're literally afraid. They're afraid to come in, vent that somebody's going to figure out who they are, and yeah. you know, and that's it. And then they got to, you know, worry about getting disciplined, going to the FOP, having them back them up, which they will fight for them. And it's, it's just not worth it.
3: Well, Pressure Point was a big show of force, too. Yeah. You know, just like when the warrant you know, unit would show up in Kensington, you know, they would scatter. If they they seen us
1: on the weekends, then it would be a ghost town. Same thing. Right? That's, I've told people, uh-huh. you go down to Kensington Ave right now, and for anyone that's oh obviously God. not a part of Philadelphia Ooh. doesn't and. know it, whatever well. <laughs> neighborhood or section in your city, no matter the worst one, Kensington, Beats it by a thousand. Mm. I don't care if you're in Compton. <laughs> I don't care where you're at. Mm-hmm. Kensington beats it, and it beats it bad. <laughs> yes. Look up Kensington <laughs> Beach. Kensington Beach on yeah. Facebook. Yes. <laughs> um, uh-huh. We would go down there because <laughs> it was literally, if you, you know, fugitives everywhere. Everywhere. Every single person down there on the street after, what, sun goes down, mm-hmm. is up to no good. And we would go down, do a run is what we would call it. Uh-huh. So we would start at the top, usually like York,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. that was right when the transition of the neighborhood was going. Yeah. And we'd work our way all, all the way down to Bridge and Pratt. That's the end of the elevated train in Philly, all the way under Kensington Ave, which eventually turns into Frankfurt Ave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'd do a run, one way down, one way back, lock up like 13 people, <laughs> dump them off at the prison, but uh-huh. for just that hour and a half that we were probably down there, it completely emptied Kensington. And I have video, and I'm still trying to—it's it, on a hard drive that I have that's busted. But we have video from Erie and Tarsdale all the way up to Lehigh, which is the, the heart of the, mm-hmm. the, the criminal, you know— like the, ga- there. the Gaza Strip, basically. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: Baghdad, <laughs> and it was completely empty. Nobody, uh-huh. nobody out at like a midnight because we were out aggressive locking everybody up.
2: And that's and that's unheard of because you can go down to Kensington any time of the day and it's littered with people. Hell yeah, yeah. You, know, you go
1: down there. You, you go down there three in the morning, three in the afternoon. You'll see the same amount of people doing the same exact thing. It's yeah. literally well, you insane. You said
3: the cops told to sit back.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the problem. You you, you sit back. Even <clears> the cops <throat> that want to be aggressive and do the right thing all the time are afraid. Mm-hmm. Just one little trip up. There was an incident, I think it was a, a couple years ago, in Kensington. In What would they call that? Needle Park? Right Needle there. McPherson yeah. Square? McPherson Square. the one up near Yeah, yeah you're right. What's it called? McPherson Square. McPherson Square, yeah, Where right. the library is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So people in the neighborhood call it Needle Park because you can put two and two together and figure out why. Right. A buddy of mine, cop in that district at the time. They go in, and a girl goes to take off. They go chasing her. She fumbled. Boom! They hit her with a car. Complete accident, and it's all on video. The whole thing's on video, and it's it's an accident.
3: Yeah, one of our one of our investigators uh, accidentally.
1: Um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He he accidentally did a lot of stupid shit. But the point was, he was panicking. They were afraid. I Ultimately, did get cleared. It was before this whole woke wave really came true. (laughs) If that happened today, he'd be gone. He'd be working security at ShopRite or something like that. And it's just a shame, like, good, honest people that want to do this job hard, want to do it right, that can save some of these lives. If they're just a little proactive, Mm -hmm. are completely handcuffed. And, and, you know, the leaders are just nowhere to be found. It's ridiculous.
2: Because... In order to establish order, you have to make people upset. See, we live in a time where everyone wants, everyone wants, uh, you know, wants this hands-off approach to policing. But that's not what policing is about. I mean, if you're if you're a good good Joe Samaritan, a good Joe civilian, and you're going back and to and fro, and you're out here and you're living your life, then you really have no worries. You know, then the police aren't out here actively looking for you you know but the thing is is that you have these people who are in position who are supposed to set the rules and the boundaries and instead of doing that they're just appealing to whatever the uh whatever whatever the the moment is yeah
1: the political you know uprising at the moment you're right, right. and what's crazy you know what's really sad is the people that do most of the bitching don't really even have a foot in the game, really. They're not... What I mean is, usually people from outside the system that are stepping in saying, this is going wrong, you're doing this wrong, this wrong, but these people are usually from, like, Washington Township or, you know, the suburbs, stuff like that. Now, granted, there are people within the community that are not happy, but for every one that isn't, I could probably, back in my days, find two that were happy that we were there.
2: Well, you got to look at it. You know, people... You know, people are spectators. So when you when you are a spectator, and and you know, <clears throat> you can always sit back and say, "Hey, uh, you, you should do this or you should do that," because you are a, a spectator. You don't know, you know, and so it's easy to tell people what they should or shouldn't do when you are not the one that's involved. When you are not the one that's out here on the street, it's easy to say, "Oh, I would do this if this happened," which is what a spectator does. And this, yeah. is, and that's what makes them a spectator. Yeah. So they have people who who Monday look Monday morning quarterbacking. They have people who look, and then you have people who do the job.
1: It, and we've talked about it before. Like a lot of these across the country, um, social activists, um, you know, these righteous people. What some do have valid, you know, you know, complaints. But when they get put in these situations, when they go ahead and do a scenario with with the local law enforcement unit, they're the ones that always. They're the ones screwing up immediately. Like, here, you're getting put in my shoes right now. You know, bad guy with a gun. We're over here. What do we do? Right, wrong. Go ahead. And they always, always fail, which is they should because they don't understand, you know, the training. They don't have the training. They don't understand it like a cop does. And for people that aren't cops, it's just like me saying, you know, Carson Wentz should do this more, or do that more as a quarterback. Know, fuck it. I'm not a quarterback. Right. <laughs> I can look and say, oh, you suck, but a, I, I can't do it.
3: On, so, a, on a side note, the op- during Operation Pressure Point, there was a 51% reduction in
1: homicides. Yeah. yeah. And it was aggressive. Right. The warrant unit, which no longer exists, and for anybody that's new to the show, we were all part of a fugitive unit that was created by the Philadelphia courts. It was created back in the '70s, and it was it was just a fugitive unit that most sheriffs do across the country. However, our unit was unique because the judge of Philadelphia at the time created it, the president judge, and that was our job. We worked for the judge. We went out and just served the warrants 24/7, and we did that all the way up until the end of 2015, when our unit was absorbed by the Sheriff's Department, the Philadelphia Sheriff's Department, and then they took over operations. Um, some people went, still work there to this day, a lot of people didn't, and they don't have the, let's just say, the proactive attitude that our unit had at our time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go out from, and this is from inside sources, people that are still on the street, they knock on a door, I, like I said, Joe Jackass here, nope, he ain't here okay, see you later, goodbye. And that's how they've been doing it since 2015. The numbers dropped by like 80% of arrests. <laughs> so therefore, people are not afraid to, all right, I ain't going to court today because ain't nobody coming after me. Right. And it was part of, our unit was also part of larger operations, like mm-hmm. Operation Pressure Point we're talking about. Yep. Districts would call us. We would go out to the district, 25th, 24th, 15th, didn't matter.
2: Yeah, because you can you can use the warrant unit as the segue into something bigger. Yeah, key, and right? so you would call the warrant unit into these into these districts where we had the problems. We would sit back and we would, you know, go through the warrants and see what we had in the areas that they wanted, and you know, you can get into the house with the warrants mm-hmm. and then. You know if something is right there right out there in plain view boom then you have certain task force you have uh the 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 districts that you're in or maybe you have like a, a dea task force or so forth and so on with you and then it can lead into something bigger and so that's what made it so effective is because you had more than one agency working and you know, we could just piggyback off of each other that way.
3: And it worked great. Right. Worked we did it a lot with Northeast Detectives. We used to go out with them, or Northwest Detectives.
1: Right. We used to go out with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people will be shocked when we say we find something out in the open. That's just not like code for, oh, we found something. No. Right. People leave shit out in the fucking open all the time. <laughs> right. And you just scratch your head like, wait, is this like a setup? This is so retarded. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sorry, have- this is so awful
2: yeah. people are comfortable in their homes so okay. you know they they just leave their coke out they're leaving guns out they leave yeah. you know whatever whatever it is that they consider normal they, they're in their home so they just leave it out in the open you know they're not expecting the warrant unit to come and kick their door in and then you know
1: and the crazy thing is we always knock and announce they would still leave it out uh-huh. they would all run and hide because they would forget <laughs> yeah and it brought me up to uh it was i was thinking about some of the jobs we did before and there was a there was a house on I think it was the 7100 block of Montague in the northeast. Okay. I think you still you were still with us. So we had a warrant. We go to this house. It was the trouble house on the block. Now anybody that does it under this is the northeast section of, of Philadelphia. This has a lot of middle class people. Uh-huh. You know, hard working. These are long row homes. Uh, people that live there probably since they were kids, they want to stay there. They like the neighborhoods, Mayfair, and it's just your traditional middle class neighborhood, um, stacked on top of each other with a lot of lot of rooms. So we go there, look for this person, and all the neighbors are watching because it's a show.
0: Right, <laughs> you know, when we would pull up,
1: it was a show. Four mm-hmm. SUVs, <laughs> yeah. we just parked in the middle of the street. Uh-huh. Cars can't get by, but we go banging on the door four, or three in the morning, and wake everybody up. So we go in, we find one kid. There was like thirteen kids in the house, and it was a flop house. huh. The kid that owned it, while well, his dad that owned it had moved away and just disowned the kid. I was there, so now the kids partying. Yeah, I remember it was a, it was re- <laughs> it was a Super Bowl weekend. I just don't remember which one. So we go in, we hit the house, we lock up a person, we find a gun, and it was a gun in a, a closet. We went in a closet, there's a gun there. Who's gun? Nobody's gun, of course. We have to confiscate it. We lock up the fugitive. And I remember a neighbor came up to us and was like, listen, we've been calling our congressman, our, the captain of the district, we've been calling everybody. No one could do anything about this. Can you help us? Uh-huh. I said, oh, well, we have warrants, so if the person, you know, if you see somebody, let us know. We'll come back. Uh So every weekend, they're like, he's here. The person you look for is here. Every weekend, we went back. Uh Locked up two or three other people. Every weekend until finally, the kid was just like, we're out of here. And they (laughs) shut the house down. People were cheering when we were pulling them out. They called us. They wrote letters um, thanking us for everything we did. (laughs) You know, so, you know, the point is, a lot of... You know the negative stuff you see. There's stuff like that that you'll never hear. Right. That every and that was just us, a small little agency. I know in Philly PD, good stuff a- happens all the time, and you just never hear it. It's it's wrong.
2: No, because that's not what uh, people want to hear. They don't want to hear the good stuff. They well, want to hear something, you know, something bad.
1: I do. I, I do private security now. I just did it for on election day for a, one of the big news networks. I was talking to a reporter and they actually thought Trump was gonna win. like it was I guess universally accepted throughout the mainstream media that he was gonna win whatever. So <clears throat> we were talking about you know how she, how she got into it and you know what I used to do in law enforcement. and got to be careful who I don't want to get anyone in trouble. but basically out of the conversation of all of us there was another security agent with me, a couple producers and whatever. It's something that the news looks for. They just want that video of you locking up somebody that could go either way. They don't care about the full video. They want that snippet.
2: Right. They want the edited down version because they want to sensationalize a second of 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 an entire of of, yeah. of a ten minute video, they only need a second of it, so they can take and they can push an agenda. They can make it go the way they want.
1: Well, right. I ask because don't you feel somewhat responsible when um, you only show part of that video, and then whatever neighborhood in the city starts the uprise and starts going crazy, so and then, then a few days responsible later, responsible for
3: that directly responsible. The full
1: for that. the full show comes out or the yeah. full video comes out and. I mean, you can't get the cat back in the bag, or I mean, it's out. You know, <laughs> once the toothpaste is out, it ain't going back yeah. in the tube, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and and their answer was just like, look, it's, it's above our pay grade. You know, we just sit here, we report what and it. And I thought that was a bit of a cop out,
2: right? Because it doesn't effectively, mm-hmm. it doesn't effectively impact them. No, these isn't. areas, and these communities, that's going in this uproar. That's that's you know that's being. It's almost like being targeted by the media, you know, to act up and riot. You you know these people, these reporters, they don't live there in these in these uh, areas, no. of these communities. You know, they they up somewhere behind some gates in a nice little cushy pad. You know, have living a good life, drinking mimosas,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> while these people down here in these communities are, are like really struggling. And then Screaming. you have. You have people who are old now who can't even get their medication. Those reporters, they don't yeah. give it they don't give a shit. Yeah. They are one hundred percent responsible for a lot of that shit that takes place for how they just take and they and they get people riled up and you know, they play on people's emotions. And then once the full video come out, you know, they'll talk about it for a second and then they'll go to something or else. Or
1: they'll switch it to, well, okay, maybe this one isn't, you know, the the one we wanna die on, the hill we wanna die on, but there's systemic racism everywhere. There's mm-hmm. this, that, and the other cops are bad, blah blah blah. Look. And I'm not here to say that that shit don't exist. You know, of course it does, but it exists everywhere,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and me personally, you know, as a white man, I I feel I've had to explain more to my children, you know, the problem with racism now than I ever had to. Right. They they didn't understand because they didn't grow up learning that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we come from a, they have a diverse, we have a very diverse family. Um, people from all over the world in our family. So, you know, in the past year, they didn't really understand it. And I had to tell them, part of it is, uh, something you will never understand, which is political. Every four years, Mm The the Republican Party is racist, and it's just how it is and for it, that for that year. Right, it right. ends now that it's over, and
2: then the Democratic Party is here to save all the poor people, Which and th- we're going to promise you <laughs> everything. Uh, everything is going to be free, <laughs> except for you can't. Qualify for free. Yeah, you taxes, know, you everyone's qualify. taxes is going to be reduced. <laughs> but you, some of you people don't even work and pay taxes, so this is this shit <laughs> being reduced? <laughs> and it, it, it,
1: <laughs> but it, 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 it's the same. And I told him, look, don't worry about it yet. I was like, you know, you guys, you have friends that are, you know, black. You have friends that are Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you don't worry about it. Like, it has nothing to do with you. This is just some um, stuff that happens every now and then. It comes up. And I personally felt, I mean, race relations within, you know, the last, you know, five, ten years, I thought we were about as normal as they could be. Now, that's me from my side. What do you think?
2: When it comes to race, being uh, let's say in a
1: professional world. I know there's going to be racists on all sides all the time saying stupid shit. You'll never get rid of that.
2: In a professional world, sometimes you can see it, Uh, you can see it, you know, or you can feel it. It's just sometimes uh, it's the way that sometimes people may people can be extremely passive aggressive, you know, to kind of give the uh, appearance that they're not like antagonizing you. But they but really are, you know, people, you know, they want to trigger you. You know, you can just because you're 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 a black man or you're a black woman, you know, people sometimes can. They'll just think that you're just beneath them just because they don't they don't even really have a reason why sometimes it's really just because it's what they're taught or what they're told or even what they see on TV. You know, for me and my children, I told my children, you know, when they went to college, don't tell anyone what I do, because then I don't want my kids being targeted for me. Going out here and doing my job. Don't tell people what I do. Right. You know, just don't even mention it because you're going to have that one person, you know, who didn't have an encounter with a, with with an officer. You know, who who friend of another friend of another friend had it. Who had an encounter or with, with that's an on officer.
1: Something
2: And I'm then everyone be. is racist. And if I'm and if I'm black, then I'm a Uncle Tom, and it's this and it's that. And you're not there for that. You're there to get your education and to get your degree. And, and so that's what I tell them. And hook
1: dad. up with as many people as you possibly can.
2: <laughs> my son, yes, my daughter. Not <laughs> until she's 80. Yes. When yeah. no one will want her.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and you can't live in my house until you're, uh, after you're done college. Get out. That's
2: right. That's your, I no. know that's
1: your rule, man. Oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs>
1: So God,
3: God bless me, with one boy. Thank the Lord.
1: Oh, I got four, I, four <laughs> boys, one girl, man. So I already told my sons, if I have to get involved, I'm whipping all your asses. <laughs> yeah, that means you, you four didn't do your job, right? And I feel bad for your daughter, then, because she ain't got a shot. <laughs> all her brothers. <laughs> but I want to go into. Now, you know, let me ask you. I don't know if you have these stats because I didn't ask you to get them. I didn't. I, I completely forgot. How many kids have been killed? And I mean kids. Let's say under seventeen
2: this year. It's at a high, it's a higher than it's, it's a lot. It's it's weird because, you know, some it, it goes in waves. Seems like you know being here when you work at this unit, you you see it firsthand and you deal with it firsthand. It's like it goes in waves. You'll have where so you'll have like really young kids who'll get it, and then it's like it'll creep up to older kids, and then it'll creep up to like teens, and then older and older. It's weird how it, how it just it's like it cycles. Cycles around, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Uh, it's it's really weird how it happens, but now, there's been a lot of kids killed this year.
1: The uh, and I know in your unit, um, people I'm sure could figure it out by now. Your team sees every single one of these. They have to go mm-hmm. process,
2: right? Process I mean, the scene.
1: But again? You know, one of the things with this podcast was to give people an idea what it's like behind, you know, you know, behind the media, um, you know. Crazy, you know, narrative of what cops are and how they are on the job, you know. But this is to kind of also tell you what it is like off it. And, I mean, you got to think about it. Just think if you had to go to a crime scene and see a child, two, three, five, seven, whatever, all the time. I mean, this year, I believe it's over 100 I, I'm not hundred percent sure but even if it's 10 just imagine what those people those officers feel like what they have to go home to like that image that 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 just gut-wrenching horrific scene that it goes over as and of over
3: as of August 6 there's been hundred children shot hundred
1: yeah. 100 children in Philadelphia that's of August 6 yes
2: you said dead all
3: right
1: wow yeah
2: listen. It, it's it's amazing. Oh. What, what amazes me is that how three, three people kids per people week. kill their kids all the time. It, it's it's kind of like something that you get used to seeing and in dealing with oh. in this unit. People, it, it's weird. People kill their kids all the time, After, and sometimes it's not their first time killing a kid. It's like this is the second kid. You just like, well, why I mean, is the, why why is this person not not in jail? But you know, what was it? A, a lady. It was on, it was on the news. Drowned a five-year-old in a bathtub, left him up underneath the water until her husband came home from work. And her husband came home, and his kid was, was still up in the in the bathtub oh, while she sleep on the couch. I mean, this is the shit that people people are like oh people don't act like that. Yes, people do. Oh yes, do. they do. Look, listen, listen. If you want to know evil, pe- people are evil. People are evil is shit. I'm telling you, See, they are evil. Yeah. And this is
1: not to defend you know the cops that are out there that are just grossly negligent and awful. No. But this, just imagine being that officer that comes to that scene, hears that story, sees that child, sees the probably the yeah. destruction in the fucking father's eyes, and listening to that grown man cry and scream and break down, and then seeing that scene over and over, over. and over. I don't Guess think I what? could ever get used to that. Scene. There's gonna be days when that officer has a bad day. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make that officer a bad person, right? You know, I I don't. I know in our old unit, you know, we had avenues of, you know, help. If we saw too much bad shit, we could go, you know, it request some guidance, some you know, some medical help. Yeah, there's there's and people won't take it though. That's the right. that's part of the problem. That's right. I've always I've always said, I kind of felt. We sh- you should almost be, f- not forced to, but just take, you know, uh, once a month. Have an evaluation. Uh, anonymously. Where it doesn't affect, unless you're in there like, hey, I'm going to just kill the next person. Right. Then, yes, they can probably take your gun or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, it's just a, se- you know, a, a, a secret off the books meeting you, the uh, psychiatrist, whoever. But just get the what? shit off your chest.
2: You know what it is, and you t- and we all can, c- you know, contest to this is that you just become numb to all the stuff that you see, and it's just work. Like none of the stuff that I see is none of it is personal. I don't know any of these. Right. right. None, yep. I don't know any of these people. And you can you know? never let it get personal. And so it's it's not personal to me. So when I go there and I see it, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I think it's messed up when someone is is, is killed or they they die, but. I have no emotions behind it because it's just work. You but, know, I don't know these. There's no personal right. connection, so I don't.
0: That,
3: and, and that's part but of I it. Think, you lose I your, think if it was Children, no, it kind of be a
2: little bit different. Like, you know. I mean, it hits you a little bit different, of course, yeah. when it's children, but yeah. no, nonetheless, at the end of the day, it's, it's just your job. I don't. It's right. it's not personal to me. It's it's work. Right. And at least that's for me. That's how I. That's how I. That's how I deal with it. And that's how I. You
1: know. well, you're also one of those people that <laughs> we always say. You know, Aaron has his uh, no inside voice, lets you know everything up front, so maybe that's, part, maybe that's one of the best things you could possibly yeah, do. Never yeah. hold anything in, just get right. it right out, and, right. and you're you're refreshed, but, you know. That helps it, getting it out. Yeah. But anything, and what a lot of cops then turn to is, I mean, we used to do it. We would get done, when we were last out during the week, we would... Get done on Fridays Mm -hmm. and go to the professor's house, a lot of us, and drink. Fibbers. And then talk about what we just did the whole week. That was our way of getting out. And that's cool for a little while. But then next thing you know, you're a raging alcoholic doing it
2: every other day. That's because regular Joe Blow civilian don't really understand what it takes to do this job. They don't understand what we do. They don't get it. And they will never get it because they're spectators, you know. They're not out here dealing with the with the real bad people that's out here, so they don't really understand. And I'm not saying that it's okay to just go ahead and just drink yourself into oblivion, but then you know because because of the type of job that we have and the amount of stress that's put on us, it leads people to drinking as a way to kind of alleviate the things that they see to just try to you know push it in the back of their mind. If it's alcohol, if it's uh, exercise, if it's something, people usually tend to like. Pick something and take it to the extreme.
1: I, I, I try. I, like here, here's a story. So to give everybody kind of an idea, just it's you're not there. You've not you've never been in this situation. You'll never really know. But I've talked about the first shooting we ever had. Now I want to think. I want everyone to think about this. You go to a house for a guy who's wanted on a gun for a gun violation. He has a a warrant or whatever his situation was. Um, he's a guy that had gun in his history, you know, guns, guns, guns. So this is a guy, we're gonna go to his house three in the morning. <laughs> chances are he's going to have a gun, yeah. okay? Now, this is just the, our first job that involved the shooting. This is something that would happen three or four times a night, you know, the people we were looking for. Uh-huh. Now we were always we were dressed in all black. Our cars didn't have lights and sirens. They did, but they were we were unmarked vehicles. So now, just think: here you are, going to this house, three in the morning. You're on the door. <laughs> now the guy looks out and sees you, sees your team. He knows who you are. Like, he'll play dumb later, but he knows. Oh shit, that's the warrant unit. <laughs> now there's one couple things that we don't know while we're at that front door. One, what did he do today? You know? Like did he rob a store today? Did he shoot his girl? Did he lose his job? Is this the end? You know, what's in his mind? We never knew that to anybody. Did't matter if it's retail theft or a gun charge. When we knocked on that door, we had no idea what that person we were looking for, what their life was like at that moment. Right. Because we're not adding any any um sunshine and rainbows to it. <laughs> now we also don't know what may have happened with him and the judge prior to um you know our arrival. A lot of these people, when they would go to court, the judge would warn them like, "Hey, you you miss court, I'm holding you. You know, you're getting a five hundred thousand dollar bail. You ain't getting out. I'll hold you to your court date." Some of these cases that we we're locking people up on were sentences like they got sentenced. They didn't show up to court. Judge said, "Throw one trial went on without them, uh-huh. found guilty 20 years. Now, this guy knows he's got 20. We know it. But he also may get, you know, more on top of that, which we don't know because we weren't in the courtroom. So we knock. Guy looks out, sees us. We announce. We blow in the first door. Like, we don't kick it in. Like, we have a ram. Mm -hmm. We ram in the first door. There's six of us in line. Brian, um, Dan, and Stag were the first three. It was Jeanette, me. I forget who was behind me. We're the next three. It's a duplex. So just think of a two floor apartment. Now we're on the first floor, gathering up in the, in the, in what's called the fatal the fatal funnel, funnel. right yeah. which means if he started shooting through that door pop pop, pop, he was gonna hit some people right we now we know he knows it's us we've been knocking screaming warrant you know warranting it he sees now there's cops outside we, we called for backup so he knows who's there okay now just think of this here's a guy history of gun violence on the other side of that door waiting and he was Boom, we take the next door. Brian, Dan, go in, Staggs holds at the uh, front door. We stand behind him, we're still in the hallway. And we hear gun, 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 drop the gun, drop the gun. Multiple times screaming. The only reason, now this guy's standing, so they go in, which would be his living room, and just think of an open floor concept of a straight row home like a basic rectangle box. And it's a living room and like a dining room kitchen area. Mm-hmm. He's in the dining room kitchen area with a gun pointed right at them. The only reason he didn't shoot one of them is because they did what was called like a dynamic um, separation at the time. Normally, during our training, it would stick together, right? bang, bang, you know, go. Um, Brian, who's... Who trains people all across the world now? Who's an amazing, um, you know, instructor? Broke off because he knew, and this and this is the split second decision he had to make while a gun was pointed at him. I'm going to break off. That's going to confuse him because now he's not going to know who to shoot, and then we'll shoot him. And that's what he did. He broke off. The guy did it. He didn't know to follow Bry or to stay on Dan. And kind of did one of these after they were multiple, you know. And in in two seconds, they probably said five times, drop the gun, drop the gun, drop the gun. The guy regained his composure, figured out, I'm going to go at this guy, but Brian popped him. The guy fell, hid, like crawled behind a wall, Mm but now he still has the gun. Now, okay, now you're in there. Now you've just heard gunshots in a house. There is nothing like it. Hmm. I don't care what gun range you go to or anything, or you go up the mountains and shoot your guns. There is (laughs) nothing like a gunshot in a house. Uh They shoot. They start screaming at them. We'll shoot again. We'll shoot again. Now, just think about this. Now they know a guy that was going to shoot them, that they have now wounded, is behind a wall. He has now cover, still with this gun. What do you do? What does Joe Citizen do at that moment? Nobody knows. You know why? Because there's what can you do? Even those guys, you know, they take cover. Now they can't run out of the house because they're in it. Right. They can't retreat like we can't go in and help them either because we can't run into a gunfight. It is one. It was the most stressful situation I was ever in on the on the job, and we got and we had shootouts a couple different times after that, but. You know, ultimately the guy tossed the weapon, you know, because at this point you're pleading with him. We don't want to shoot you any, we don't want to fucking kill you. Just start a gun away. Come on. You know, man the fuck up here. Let's let's end this. They did it, secured him, searched the house, all's done. He's arrested, attempted murder, and you know, the rest is history. But I just want people to just try to envision that. Be Brian. You're the first one in that room. And there's a guy with a gun just pointing right at you. Yeah, it, And even even him, I, I, you know, he was a tough guy. Did he have the bunker? know. We didn't have a shield, no. Not at the time. I believe we got one right after that. Hmm. Um, you know, but it, it's something that you know can happen. You train for it. But nobody, when it does happen, I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's not, still a shock. Right. You know, and now... Think about that. That's how that house turned out. But now you're going tomorrow night doing 10 more of those jobs,
2: you but, know? But think about doing it in today's policing. Think about that. You know, it's a, oh, you should have you should have shot it out of his hand Yeah. or you should have shot him in the leg. leg.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so <You know. laughs> I asked,
1: it's funny you say that, so I asked Brian because he is a firearms instructor and again, he goes all around the world now for the security company he works for. And he's a perfect shot. He, he's ranked nationally as a perfect shot. And I asked him in any situation, in that situation, when he shot the guy, he hit him in the ass. Like he was aiming, you know, where he's supposed to center mass to neutralize the threat. That's where you shoot, right up here in the chest, the heart area. And he hit the guy in the ass. So, when I asked him, what are the percentages? A perfect shot is 100%, whatever, however it's scored in any jurisdiction. What percentage do you think your accuracy would be in a live shootout? Like, uh, you only get a chance to get a couple shots off.
2: It's going to drop.
1: because He said less than probably, eight, eight, I think he said it's ranked around 8 to 18%, but he thinks that's high
2: cuz you got to you got to add in all the elements you got to add in yeah. you know when you go to a range and you're shooting yeah, it's a controlled setting right it's a controlled setting now you add in the stress of an actual a live setting a person who's actually shooting back the people that's involved in you know around you the situation there's a lot that goes into it your adrenaline is different in this in a live situation versus What's the control behind
3: your target (laughs) downrange.
2: Then you got the you you got in your mind if I shoot this person, am I gonna lose my job because I'm defending myself? Or my freedom. Or my freedom because I'm doing my job, you know. Or if
1: you miss him and hit somebody else. Right. And that's the stress that every cop has when they have to pull out their weapon and possibly defend themselves or the public, Mm -hmm. you know, for that matter. And all that stuff gets Uh, goes through your head. And you only have a second.
2: I'll give you a story. It's a female cop. She's white. Female cop. White. White female. She goes to a house. I'm not going to say her name. She goes to a house with a person. And this man, he is. It's a black male, right? He comes out the house. He has a knife. Like a butcher knife. Now, you got to... Like, how things are today, it's just that how people... See, perception... People's perception will kill you out here on the street if you Mm -hmm. allow it. So... He he comes out the house and he has a, a butcher knife, and she she pulls her gun but she won't shoot. And she's telling him put the car put the put the knife down put the knife down. He chases her, chases her and she's running huh. because she won't shoot him even though he's trying to kill her because he's black and she's white because she know uh. that if she shoots him it's going to be like oh look at you killing us. But according to those stats right there, what did it say four hundred and thirty as of so who's killing who? He chases her, right? He catches her, knocks her down, starts fighting. While well, he's about to stab her, she finally shoots him while he's on top of her, about to stab her. So after she shoots him, right? He she gets the situation is gets under control. Then of course you know the the public and and, and people's like, oh, you keep killing us. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And. That. Are you kidding? Me? And, and that and that's the reason why you have some people who who would rather get stabbed well, if they or rather her, get they shot. Release her body cam. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: But that's the thing. See, this is where now when people start saying defund the police or you know we need you know psychiatrists with people with the cops and all this nonsense. She did something that she shouldn't have done. Right. But I understand why. This is unfortunately. I don't. No. I I don't agree with she, why she did it, but. In her mind, all that shit went through her head. Mm-hmm. Like, if I shoot him, it's going to be, I shot police, a black man, yeah, I'm a white brutality. person, uh, people are going to show up at my house, I'm going to loot, my, my bosses aren't going to back me, oh my God, oh my God, and she did something that you should never do.
2: Which co- which almost you, cost her, her life.
1: Yeah. You don't run. You know, cop if, if cops start running from a situation that they are going to be justified in... She was afraid for her job, too. You know, yeah. once cops start running from that... You, it's it. Society will break down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She should have stayed, popped them, <laughs> let the shit you know fall where it will. But you're right. She waited until the ultimate last second before her life was going to be you know she, taken.
3: She, she has no backing
1: from the from the department. And again, she shouldn't have done it. I would have taken my chance. You know,
3: it's just like that tear gas they put on Six Seventy Six, and th- you know that guy got in
1: trouble. Yeah, he was, he, he, and he was told to do that. <laughs> like, I, I,
3: and well, the one cop got fired. Didn't the other one take a, a, a demotion?
1: Well, the SWAT officer was arrested. Yeah. The commander, his boss, took a demotion. Took a demotion. Yeah. Because his, yeah, from what I know, and I have somebody close inside there, uh-huh. he was told to do it from the city.
0: Uh-huh.
2: They were
1: like, "Go ahead," and they sit, And then one of the guys from the city just happened to be resigned
2: too. Listen. Listen, listen, that's right. some fucked up shit. The city has plans already in place, how they handle certain situations. If you're going to have a certain amount of people, you have certain plans and certain provisions already. You know, you can kind of change these plans, these preset plans. You can kind of change them. So before uh, any decisions are, are made on what to do, you have to get permission. But what about what are your directives for then?
1: <laughs> no, it, it, don't. I don't want to get him too far into that rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, I, I know he's still he's still their golden boy. You know, all right. We're good from now, but I don't want to ruin right. a bronze boy, and that'll be.
0: I
3: will out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, be out. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Though. But that's crazy.
1: You know, I, I just think there's got to be an aggressive approach from the from the um, from Philly PD, from the local feds. The sheriff's department's got to, you know, get off their ass and get involved. And enough of, I don't want to worry about upsetting the voters in the neighborhood because you're hurting them because it's their neighborhoods that are the ones where all this is happening. You know, of the 430 murders, how many do uh, you think happened in the Northeast? 20? No, they're all down in North Philly, West Philly, Kensington, in that area, in that hub. you got to be aggressive. And once you're aggressive it'll st- it a lot it ain't gonna stop it will never stop but you'll get back to the you know under 300 numbers i yeah. mean you're going to hit 500 homicides this year has that ever happened in philly i i,
2: I you know i have never seen it in all my years of no. policing i've never seen it no. this bad my
3: highest year was like 08
2: i'm
1: looking at the stats now 08 um 07 was 391 08 331 09, 302, 306, 326, 330,
3: 08's 240. Oh eight when all the cops got killed that year too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was big year. McDonald. And then it went up. Last 2018, 353. 2019, 356. Worse. We're worse than Chicago. And we are now 430. Hmm. Wow, but you know, I don't want to. That's my opinion. Get the warrants. There's probably twenty thousand, you know, warrants out there right now. There always was. There always will be. Uh-huh. Start knocking on doors. When they see you knocking on doors, they're gonna hide. It's <laughs> literally that simple. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no other secret way to do it. Put two Ford Explorers. You gotta lock Ken people up. <laughs> you just gotta. You gotta lock people up uh-huh. and knock on doors. Be aggressive. Uh-huh. Uh, and I personally feel that'll that'll help out. I saw. Um, where were we? Me and uh, my buddy Joe, I think we were driving, It's probably in the summer. We drove by down there and I seen one of the regulars, one of the hookers we used to lock up.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, yo, I forget mm. I forget who it was. And she like, oh my God, Sergeant. I was like, guess what? We're coming back, <laughs> <laughs> like, back. <laughs> <laughs> aren't you that's coming back? Who is was the girl? And she was like, no Bill, way, no she way. She Bill her
3: husband. What the hell is <clears throat> her
1: name? I remember that girl, she I died. I remember her. She did? Yeah. She died? yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. No, she died.
3: She 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 was, she was a waitress at the diner, too. In, <clears> what the hell was her name?
1: Um, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I forget. I know exactly what you're talking about. I wanted to bring up some like foot chases and some stories. And this, great segue. So that person, when I became sergeant, <laughs> so we were on the weekend unit. Now, mind you, everybody on the weekend unit were my friends. You know, me, you. Bill, John, Johan, you know, Stray. We were all cool. We all hung out. We were all friends. So I got promoted on a Friday morning. My shift started Friday night. I am now a sergeant. And he's like, You're a sergeant now. So <laughs> now you're their boss. You ain't their friends anymore. And I was like, ah, Whatever. The first time I ever had to write anybody up was because of that girl. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: So <laughs> Bill gets her, puts her in the car. She has a warrant. And she escapes.
0: <laughs> oh
1: my God. So they call me. And it wasn't my first night. It was like a few weeks in. And it was it was a rough transition because now I'm telling my boys what to do. Like, yo, go do this. Go do that. It was tough for everybody. So she comes in, or he comes, calls me, said like, yo, she's out. She got gone. She's she's gone. And I said, Okay. Um, I come down. And I don't think I ever got the full truth of what really happened, but I don't think he actually secured her. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I get back to the office, my lieutenant at the time, he was like, yo, you need to write them up. What the hell's going on? I right, hold on, stupid thing. My thing's going off. Jesus Christ, stop. <laughs> um, so I had to write up all, I think I had to write up the entire shift because of her. I had to write up all I had to write up I had to write up John, and they were all pissed off. <laughs> and the only one now, and, and my lieutenant told me at the time, he's like, here's how you're gonna know who your friends are. The ones that bitch about this and say, How can you do this to me? Aren't your boys. Linda Todd. Linda Todd. Who?
0: Linda
3: Todd, that was. Was that her name? Yes.
1: I think that was somebody else. I remember her. She
3: used to call Bill her husband. Where's my husband? <laughs> But we had to lock her up all the time.
1: We locked her. I had to write everyone up. And Johan didn't bitch. He understood. And and John, you know, Rush. Yeah. He was the one that yelled at everybody. Like, you motherfucker. This is our friend, man. And, you know, we're doing this to him? Like, yeah, and I know he went at Bill. He was pissed.
0: Like, <laughs> fuck, you doing this
1: crackhead? You know, what the hell you
0: doing?
1: <laughs> 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 uh, remember to th-
3: we were doing a job, I think we were hitting a house on uh, Brighton Street. I remember somebody climbed out the back window and was hiding under the cars.
1: Oh, my God, I have it so much.
3: They were hiding, like, down the street on their car. We're like, you're not going to get away. You're in shackles. Where are you going to go? They were hiding under a car on Brighton Street. It was like, like Brighton and the Boulevard.
1: So i tell this story. <laughs> now, our unit was um, absorbed by the sheriff's August 2015. I was the very last supervisor, that's a stupid thing, is not it? I was the last supervisor on, and I was in- involved in the very last arrest. i go back to the beginning of my career. My very first job, first house, first hour on the street. Guy comes out his back window, gets on the roof, rooftop foot chase. <laughs> It lasted like a, it was like a half hour running back and forth on the on the roof. <laughs> so he climbs down. Now this is in South Philly, row homes. Anyone picture a row home? Those green awning, metal awnings that would come over your bedroom windows, uh-huh. block the rain. Uh-huh. He climbs down, climbs back into his house while all the cop. Now this time, all the police in that district are there. Mm-hmm. There's like 30 of us. They all pour into the house, grab them, lock them up. I'm thinking, this is the greatest job ever. A <laughs> foot chase on my first job, like awesome. I remember the adrenaline pumping and everything. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward to the last case of my career. We're with the sheriffs, because they used to babysit us. We would call them the babysitters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For our last year, yeah. we were all deputized, so they had to be with us, because we weren't you know, officially sheriffs. We go out, the last job. I was like, I'll take the back, because I was so upset, I was so depressed that the unit's over. I was like, pocket. I'm going in the back. I don't even want to go in the house.
0: <laughs>
1: Sitting in the back of the house, they're like, well, all right, "We made entry." I'm like, "Okay." Sitting there, I'm looking, there's a car right in the driveway. Normally before, I would go look in, make sure no one's in there. This time, I go, fly. "Fuck what happens. I'm done. This is the end of my career right now. <laughs> it's over, baby." <laughs> I see the fucking car move. Like someone's inside. <sighs> i was like all right let's fuck, fuck it I'm, like, I'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out my way uh-huh. i look in dude sitting in the driver's seat uh-huh i was like yo what's up buddy i go to walk around boom gone uh-huh. i was like foot chase i was like i got him he's running now he's in we're out back uh-huh. here i go here i go give my direction I'm fucking flying motherfucker stop motherfucker, stop screaming yelling i'm like turn in here turn in there give him my directions doing mm-hmm. it we go into this alleyway. It's a dead end. It's like garages, a bunch of garages, but there's no way out. He can't even climb up. So I fucking put him, you know, put the gun on him. Don't move. Get down. He's thinking, what am I doing? I'm going to, where the fuck are you? No one's responding. Uh, they got in the house, switch radio frequencies. Oh, 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 My last job was a foot chase by, by myself <laughs> with a guy that I had to hold. Who? Until one of my guys called me. He's like, where, where are you? What happened? <laughs> I'm like, you motherfuckers better get over here.
2: Who, who, um, who idea was it to change uh, yeah. frequencies?
1: I, I, I was so fewer. It didn't even matter. It was the end. It was the sheriff's idea. But the guy off it now. wasn't what our was... idea. No, it wasn't ours. Hmm. How about going, hey, let's go to TAC 2. <laughs> you know. And, and it's what we would do. Go yeah. to Tac you know, go to Radio tack, One, go to radio, Tac one, Tac two, mm-hmm. yeah. talk around channel, whatever. That's how our that's how we would communicate. We all knew what it meant. But no, they got inside. One of them had to go to the police band to be cool just in case. You uh, know. And yeah, they never told me. Who was that Bill? No, he was it was it <laughs> was gone by the <laughs> But and yeah, but I remember it was Bobby called me, he's like, Where you at? I was like, Where the fuck are you motherfuckers? They came, everyone came. It's was cool. I was like, fucking, I was like, thank fucking God I ain't working with you motherfuckers, man. I was <laughs> like, you are some morons. What neighborhood was it in? Uh, it, was, uh, it was in West Philly. Yeah. And. I remember before we got there, it was a big job for a judge. Like a judge called the Uh sheriff and shut the fuck up. The judge did not call the sheriff. (laughs) Stop. I have family who's a judge, man. No, that's not what they do. They fucking send an email. Can you go get this guy? Like they did for us Mm -hmm. every week. Mm -hmm. Hey, the judge wants somebody to go, it's this judge's secretary. No big deal. Uh Like, okay, we would work it. But we weren't sitting there like, guys, the judge said, yeah. shut up with that yeah. bullshit. Yeah. That was my last job. Mm. A foot chase by myself. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker. I went back to the office, wrote it up, wrote a foot chase, was um, left alone, <laughs> failed communication on the radio. And the sheriff's part, I wrote it all on the log, sent it off. See you later. Mm. That was it. Mm. Career over, baby. Bye-bye. <laughs> the shame, man. It was like, and I always tell people, and there's a lot of good people there at the Sheriff's Department. There really is. But it was like our unit being taken over by their unit, warrant unit, was like a high school JV team taking over the New York Yankees.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's just, you know, it was just awful, man. Mm-hmm. But I had, when I had another job. This is while we were in the career talking about foot chases. So was thinking of, like, some of the worst cases we ever had of people that we had to go after.
3: Uh, remember the potato
1: factory? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the people that... So we called it the potato factory. There was a, a huge factory in Kensington, probably 40,000 square foot factory, mm-hmm. just abandoned. And people would go in there and get high. So we would go in there on Saturday mornings, usually. It was like Rose Hill Street or Boone? Um, Rose C in... Uh, ND or C in Cambria yeah it was like seeing cambria between cambria and indy but we would yeah. go in there and this place was massive and we locked some people up we caught a cop in there off duty we <laughs> getting, getting high yeah getting high. we caught a, a prison guard who was on probation getting okay. high uh-huh. caught a girl in there before a teacher council rock they make like a hundred grand a year lawyer um a lawyer That you see in the CJC all the time. That we see in the CJC all the time. Yeah, we used to see them afterwards. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, we go in there a lot. And it was just, again, that drug, heroin, has no boundaries, man. It it gets everybody. It gets everyone. It
2: It doesn't matter what your status is. It doesn't matter how much money you make, where you come from. It doesn't... The color of your skin, it doesn't matter. It is not prejudice, at least. In the least bit.
1: But we went after... So we used to um, also lock up people on house arrest. Mm-hmm. Our job was not only fugitives that didn't go to court, mm-hmm. people that violated to probation, and we were in charge of monitoring house arrest individuals. That's people that were sentenced to house arrest instead of jail or are out on house arrest with their bail. You know, they have stipulations to their bail. Part of it is you got to be on house arrest. So we go after people have- this guy who was his. Um, he was in what was called... Um, un- just for just to make it easy for everyone, he was in undetectable status. Basically, we couldn't read his uh, monitor. And he was in that status for a few days. Did he abscond? No. So we... Um, usually that's what happens. They cut their bracelet. It gives these readings called missed call late. Uh-huh. And that just basically means they took off. So we get the warrant together. We look up his history. And he's on there for rape. So what he did... Him and this guy, a couple guys, uh, late at night. Um, I think it was near uh, like Ninth and Lindy, I think it was L- Lindley? Lindley. Lindley. Like where the Lindley. boombox deli.
2: Ninth and Lindley. Yeah, I know what you know. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, ninth it's, and Lindley. I know. Yeah. The, yeah. So right in that area. There's a Chinese store right there, and then there's a a, um, a repair shop right across from. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So you know about.
1: what I'm talking about. So it, yeah. it's the northwest um, section of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Him and these three guys grab this girl who just gotten off the bus, I think off-broad, was walking home, they abduct her, take her into an abandoned house, and they rape her. But we get all the details. So they each rape her. Damn. They, the kid we were going after made her perform oral sex and he ejaculated in her mouth. Now this is all in the report. Now this guy's on house arrest and has not been monitored for a couple of days. That just tells you how that system fucking worked back then. Mm. It's in better hands now and works works well from from um cuz that's where we went after we retired from law enforcement. We went there, they redid it. It's perfect now from from what I understand. But he was on house arrest unmonitored. I remember it was snowing out so we go to the house, we walk up, boom, he runs. Like, we didn't hit, knock on the door. He saw us coming. He runs out the back door. We didn't get, our guy didn't even get around back yet. We find him because there's like a foot of snow.
2: Right. So, you got, so you we to just followed
1: the fucking snow track and found him, caught him, bring him back, get the equipment out of the house, find out what's going on. Now, here's phone turned off. But he was like, I'm here, I've been here. I told everyone, I'm staying, I ain't going. I'm, I don't give a fuck. Like I read the report, man. Mm. Like what you mm. did is the worst nightmare for, a, this isn't like a date rape. Uh, I mean, all rapes are awful for any women, I can, I can only imagine. But this was just a girl getting off the bus from a, work. Gang rape. Got, and and when, the girl, when they were done, she had to get up and run and she ran back to her work because she was so discombobulated, she knew what to do. She ran back to her work for help. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker, like that's the guy where you hope when he runs, he trips, hits his head on a curb and just says, Oh do yeah. that's a wrap for you. Yep.
2: But, but if you think that's bad, women getting raped, guys get raped too. No, I... Right. Believe it or not. And is, is, is when you think about someone getting raped, the first thing because, you know, we're heterosexual men is a, a woman getting raped, but a lot of guys guys get raped too. But they, they like tend to make it like a Oh, it, it was a fight, and it, it, you know, something like that. It was a fight, and I, I lost, or something like that, right. you know, because, you know, a straight man. That's, being, t- that's a tough That's yeah, a tough, that's, that's a tough yeah. thing to swallow, you know, yeah. but uh-huh. I mean, it happens, but, you know,
1: most time men don't report it. It's, but I mean, I just remember that one job, I'm like, God damn, man, like they put anybody on the house arrest. There was, there's another.
2: There there used to be a guy in in the area that I work He was just going around doing shit like that He would rob people And this girl she was coming home from the basketball court She was 16 years old She was coming home She played on her uh, high school's team So she was coming from the basketball court from from practice And she was walking down a rear driveway And this guy He tried to uh, Rob her first Then You know when he took her cell phone he then made her pull her pants down and tried to penetrate her from the rear but she was she was a virgin so he couldn't get it in and then he made her get on her knees and perform oral sex on her on him and he ejaculated in her mouth and then told her to spit that shit out and so she, she left the evidence right there where he did it and so she went home like after he did that he just left and went home and so you know they had to have people come out in and they swab their mouth and all that shit and we actually caught the dude oh that's good yeah. he was he was 19 years old he was stone cold fucking nut stone cold nuts out of his mind 19 years old i mean just going around raping people just like it was nothing and robbing people
1: there was there were a few people like that man remember the kensington strangler guy
2: i mean you will not even believe like you know how many people walk around here who are just absolute murderers? Just think about it. I mean, if you really just—if people really knew, like how many, you're just walking to the store and people would just kill people and just go to the Chinese store and order something like they, it's nothing, it's no big deal. like it's no big deal. I it, mean, it, it's, 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 it's 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 wow. It's people crazy. Are sick. Yeah. I mean, it's sick and sick. It, it, it's
1: it, like I said. There's a lot of people need a lot of like the mental health in this country needs to be fixed for people because
2: well we have to wait for it to be an election year for it to be fixed well
1: yeah mm-hmm. uh, you gotta wait four more
2: years now yeah wait three and a half four years did not have that, that. Yeah.
1: It, it was hate the cops this year yeah. in, in a couple more years it'll be oh but
2: also defunding the police like when you hear it in you know when they were on this thing with defund the police you know once they kind of explain what defund the police is you know I'm just like okay well it doesn't sound like a bad thing to me you know it doesn't mean like dismantle the police department what it's saying is to allocate funds for certain put certain allocate certain f- funds in place for these health workers or these people who claim that they want to do this job yeah. until right. they actually have mm-hmm. to do the job I mean just imagine you know some 25 year old woman going into someone's home, mm-hmm. you know, social worker, yeah. you know, with someone who's uh yeah. off their rockers, yeah. unarmed yeah. in the worst neighborhoods and the worst communities and you're going to go in there and you're going to do your and you're going to do what exactly?
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll last <laughs> a week. Right. When the first person gets, you know, assaulted or killed, uh-huh. then it'll be now I gotta have a cop with me.
2: Well, now, that just defeats the whole t- they'll purpose. They'll b- just blame the police department, you yeah. know, for something that they wanted to put they in place. They didn't protect me.
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 think there should be. I think the police need more, you know, funding to be properly equipped. Um, I think, I think the training could be. I, I don't know because I didn't go through PD's training, mm-hmm. but I know you spend a lot of time on like traffic laws, right?
2: I mean. Well I wouldn't really say just like traffic laws, no, I mean, you know when, you know like the
1: motorized vehicle and all that st- like honestly me personally I know they just said something about not pulling people over for like tail lights out and all that shit I don't know about you I wouldn't want to deal with any of that anyway and I think a lot of that little shit leads into something that can turn into bigger shit that right. could have yeah. all been avoided but
2: training is something that is necessary and you know even with like knowing how to deal with certain types of people who are going through certain types of things. It it is necessary the training. So it is something that's needed in the department. I mean, I don't, you know, they have police officers going in the house, being people's therapists. We're not here to be a therapist. We're not here to walk your kids to school. Then, you know, you know, you want us to, to, to be everything under the sun for you, but a police officer.
1: Exactly. And that's, it's just not the world we live in today. And these numbers prove it four hundred thirty and counting. And yeah, Sadly, I think we're going to hit 500 and who and it doesn't seem like anybody really is caring about it. Nobody's doing nothing about it. District attorney's letting everybody out. From what I I don't you know, the police commissioner seems to be MIA most the of the time. The new president
3: wants to cut funds for the police. It's, so hey, well, maybe, maybe when they call 911, 9-1, they'll, they'll get a busy signal.
2: I, I would like to know how are you going to an cut machine. the funds for the police department where <laughs> you have community it is it's they make it strictly a black thing right Mm. where where uh police are just riding around and just and just uh harassing black people (laughs) harassing black people or just corralling black people up and you know taking them out to yonder in droves and just killing black people but so where's the statistics at yeah. that says that police are doing this to black people. The where statistics, are the statistics?
1: They don't back it up, so you don't
3: hear
2: about it. Right. That's the problem. Where's the stats that, that, that says this? Where, where is it at? You know, now, I mean, I'm not saying
3: Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, American people are stupid, and they don't
1: fucking. They just believe what the news they tell They them.
3: do zero independent, you know,
1: well, studies it, it, on their own to, to well, figure like it I, out. Like I said, when, all, when I did my entire career, almost 10 years on the street, And we locked up over 10,000 people. We used to keep a record. I know that sounds insane to people, but again, like we've explained before, we would just grab a guy with a warrant, take that guy, take him to jail. And that was the extent of our How many did we do in a year? The most we ever did, I think, was, I think, 2,000. In a year? In one year. It was crazy. Hmm. Um, I remember we used to have. (laughs) But we locked up probably mostly white women. Yeah. You know, it's, and we never, it, we never cared. It's because of where we worked, what, and,
3: what part of the city we worked
1: in. And that's what know. people don't understand in these cities. Like, if I'm a white man, you're a white man, we're teamed up together, me and John, and we work in the <laughs> 25th district, guess what? Our interactions are going to be mostly Hispanic, mostly black, very few white people. Yeah, that's just correct. That's just the way it's laid out in that neighborhood. Yes.
2: It's just the demographics of the area. And yeah. so demographics is going to tell you who you're going to encounter. People don't look at that. People don't look at that. You know, the demographics All right, demographically. And the media doesn't
3: this, show them that either.
2: This area that you're in is predominantly what? This exactly. area is predominantly uh-huh. what if you're working in northwest, if you're working in in southwest, you're going to come into black people, mm-hmm. you come come in contact with black people. That's if you're working in, in um well, in some areas in South Philly, if you're working in the northeast, you're going to come I mean, in contact with white people. That's it. If and that's just team, it. Yeah. And yep. that's your, so the demographics are the area that you work and Also, and this is just statistically proven, is that white people versus black people commit different types of crimes. I'm not saying that they don't c- commit similar crimes, but they commit d- different types of crimes. That and is also, true. within these communities, the demographics, it also the, the social, the sociological effect that it has on people, you know, makes them commit different types of crimes. So that's okay. just what it is. Yeah.
1: I yes. mean, uh, just when these and a lot of these neighborhoods, there's a lot of drugs. It's tolerated because the police are so overwhelmed. You can't catch up. And what do you do? You, most people in that neighborhood aren't bad people. They just adapt to their situation. So, you know, you'll hear of drug dealers, I had to survive. What else am I going to do? Right. I had to. And, you know, I, I think there needs to be a, a, just a whole social change in a lot of things that I think it's way, way deeper and bigger than just a police department and police brutality. But... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, again, the whole point of it is there are bad cops, there's bad doctors, there's bad teachers, there's bad everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I think you're responsible for the media, social media to every single day just display that this, you know, oh, my God, just another person killed by the hands and, you know, (laughs) and and light the fire, you know, gaslight all this, this violence across the country. It just sucks. But all right, gentlemen, well, listen. Hey, thanks for coming in, brothers. I thought, um, you know, this was uh good t- – I'm going to get uh, – I'm going to get, just so, eventually, I'm going to get Johan and Johnny in here one night before this year's over, and it's going to be a true wa- warrant unit reunion. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, we definitely got to so, do
1: that. All right, listen, everyone, thanks for tuning in. And listen, don't forget, check out Last Out Media. Um, we got a lot of different uh, groups on of podcasting to listen to. If you're sick of listening to sports talk, there are some great shows um within the company. So give it a check and talk to you later.
0: It's all about the game. I all
2: about control and if you can take it.